Veterans Path, helping veterans find peace, acceptance, transformation, and honor through practical tools like meditation and mindfulness, physical and outdoor experiences, and a community of camaraderie. I'm John McCaskill, a Navy SEAL commander turned mindfulness teacher. Here on the Veterans Path podcast, I interview veterans, athletes, corporate leaders, and many others who found peace through the practices of meditation and mindfulness, breaking down the stigma of pursuing mental health and making it a priority, improving and saving lives. All right. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good day, whatever time it is for you. My name is John McCaskill. My guest today is Melissa Leger. Melissa is an Army veteran and served as an MP or military police. Military Melissa came to be a regular yoga and mindfulness practitioner after recognizing a consistent yoga and mindfulness practice helped deal with the anger and anxiety from trauma experienced through MST deployment and childhood traumas. She is a mindfulness instructor at an intensive outpatient program through Road Home and has been teaching yoga and mindfulness for eight years. Melissa has completed training programs through Mindful Yoga Academy, Bluma Prenatal, Connection Coalition, Sunlight Chair Yoga, and Yandara Yoga Institute. Did I pronounce that last piece right? I think so. Okay. (laughs) Well, we're going to learn a lot more about Melissa her time in the Army, and her journey to mindfulness, all here on the Veterans Path podcast. Welcome to the show, Melissa. Thanks. Great having you here with us. Before we get into our questions, I'm starting every show by letting our listeners know what we do at Veterans Path and why we're doing this show. Veterans Path, we introduce veterans to meditation and mindfulness, typically in outdoor settings, so they can rediscover a sense of peace, acceptance, transformation, and honor. And that's where the word PATH in our name comes from, P-A-T-H, peace, acceptance, transformation, and honor. And the point of this podcast is to make people more aware of what we do to increase support and attendance at our retreats while simultaneously reducing the stigma around seeking mental health support. Listeners can directly support Veterans Path by clicking on the support button on on the podcast or by visiting veteranspath.org forward slash donate. Okay, that said, we're going to go ahead and get into our questions. And what I try to do is I start each show off with just some basic scene setters. I mean, you heard the bio, so we know that about you. But what else would you like the listeners to know know about you, Melissa? Where did you grow up, your family construct? What's something that's missing from the formal bio? Yeah, so I I grew up in uh, a little bit of Chicago, a little bit of Florida, And, you know, overall, I had a great childhood, but there was definitely trauma associated with my childhood in terms of physical violence. Um, But, you know, all in all, like, I don't look back and say I had a a terrible upbringing, but there's definitely some things that, like, I didn't didn't manage and and things that kind of came up later in my adult life due to the trauma. Um, So... Moved down to Florida at some point with my parents, went to college, and while I was in college, um, you know, I was always someone who, like, I worked a lot. Like, I supported myself since I was about 17, um, and so my grades were always, like, they're just average, right? Like, I, I'd go to school, but if I had to pay the bills, I would go work more, and so because my grades were average, I wanted to get into the FBI or CIA, and I felt like I needed just a little bit more, like, substance to my resume to get in just to kind of make up for 
for that balance between right. life and school. So I joined the reserves in 2002 um, and joined as a military police. And um, that was a really interesting experience. And, I, I, you know, some of the best times of my life, also some of the worst times of my life. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's a really challenging place to be sometimes because as a reservist, you know, especially at the time we were all getting deployed and you have this like kind of wild and unique experience, but you come back and then almost as soon as you come back, you're thrown back into civilian life with not a lot of support and a lot of people who um, just don't understand. Like for me, I always felt like it was almost like I went away uh, to summer camp or, you know, just left for a little bit and people would come back there or I'd come back and there was maybe a lot of inappropriate questions or just, <laughs> I've um, heard those. Yep. Yeah. Like people asking if I killed someone while I'm in the middle of working, you know, um, or just, you know, just, just stuff that like, you know, civilians would ask, right. Like, right. um, because they're not a part of the culture. Um, yeah, so there wasn't really, like, a lot of support when I got back. and um, But, you know, I just kept trucking along. So I, I came back. I, I finished up school. I was in finance for a little bit um, up until I, I made the switch into yoga and meditation. And, yeah, there were just some challenges. And they weren't um, – there, were, there weren't these challenges like I, I couldn't function. You know, I had a great job. I, I had a house. But like there was just always something kind of like under the surface. Um, and it wasn't until like I really hit this low point where I just couldn't make it through the day. Like every day on my lunch break, I would go to my car and just start bawling. And I didn't know why. Um, and it was through yoga and mindfulness without any goals, without any attachments, kind of actually by accident that I started feeling some of the, uh, the effects of, of yoga and mindfulness. So, you were a reservist, you were deployed, you you came back, and then you basically plugged back into your civilian job um, when you come back from those deployments, right? Yeah, yeah. You just kind of come back, and it's like, all right, let's go. Let's yeah. go back to work. And at the time, I was still a student, so I went, I went straight back to school. Um, I, was, I went straight back to waiting tables, and, and yeah, you just it, – it, it, it's strange. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm going through military transition now. I've been active duty for 23 years, and that transition is tough. Uh, I imagine coming back uh, as a reservist um, after having been mobilized and deployed, now you come back and you jump right back into your civilian career. Civilian career. You're basically going through a military transition uh, on, on a much more accelerated scale. Um, and that's, uh, I'm, I'm sure, like you mentioned, people don't understand what it is you've been doing. They're asking those inappropriate questions or um, ill-advised questions. Uh, I'm sure that's tough. So you're a student. You're waiting tables. It's during it's during those lunch breaks that you're going out to your car and you're you're feeling really down at your low point. Is that is that the same time in your uh, your mm -hmm. career? No, it went, it, it actually kind of lingered for a while. So it, I would probably say it was another like, geez, maybe five or six years later, give or take. Um, and, you know, for a while, like everything just felt like, like, I think we're taught, you know, like you just keep going, right? Like, 
So I came back, deployment was weird, and, like, you know, deployment coming back was a little weird, but you just keep going, right? Like, you don't even check in to see if how you're feeling or, or what's really going on. So I just kind of kept living my life, doing what I was supposed to do on paper, doing what I was, what was expected of me, and really just not, not really even being aware of, like, some of these things, um, some of that anger and anxiety or, or some of the fears I had, um, not really addressing them, but just kind of you know, keep going. Like everything's fine, Melissa. I'm, I'm just mm-hmm. going to keep going. Everything's fine. You know, I can handle this. I've been to war. I can, you know, no one's dying. I can handle this. Um, so yeah, it wasn't until, until later where it was just like, Oh, like things, you know, I am angry. There is all this build up. So. Right. And yeah. that's, that's one of the fallacies I think we tell ourselves is that because we've been in combat or we've been to war or we've been in the military that we can handle anything. And, and Hey, we toughed through that. We can tough through anything, tough it through anything, which is, you know, not at all true. Uh, it's a, it's one of the, uh, how does Brene Brown put it, uh, that the story that I'm telling myself, well, the story that I'm telling myself is that I'm tough because I've been in the military. So anything that comes my way, I should be able to suck it up. But in fact, that's not true. And, and the more we do that, I think the harder it is on us. Um, so obviously in, in the intro, I, I covered your background, and I want to get into the questions about how you dealt with your anger and the anxiety and a lot of what you were dealing with there and then how that led to you finding yoga and mindfulness. But before we get into that, I just want to take a quick pause uh, to plug in a word from our sponsors who help to support Veterans Path. Welcome back. I'm continuing my conversation here with fellow mindfulness practitioner and facilitator, Melissa Leger. Melissa, before we get into your journey to healing, um, if you're comfortable, I want to discuss why you started that journey in the first place. Can can you touch on that and kind of what gave you that sense of anger and anxiety, and then and then how that started your your first steps on that path on that journey? Yeah, so it was all a little bit by accident. Um, so if people ask me, they're like, how long have you been practicing yoga? It, it's been 20 years, but not, but it changes, right? Like, so when I first started, I was, um, I was running a lot. I was doing it to cross train. I was doing it to help with, um, you know, just being in the military, all that, all the pushups, all the setups, you know, I just needed something a little bit more that focused in on my flexibility. And it was, you know, it was nice to breathe a little bit. Sure. Um, but I'd do it on and off and, you know, it was always just, um, I, I shouldn't say just because it was still very valuable and brought me down another path 10 years later, but it was really more just focused on the postures, right? Or asana in Sanskrit. And, um, you know, I, when I hit this point in my life where I was depressed, right? Like, like I knew I was depressed. I was doing everything I could to get out of it. You know, I was doing all the self-help stuff learning how to play the guitar. I was like clicking through a cookbook. I was going out with people like, like I was not taking this depression lying down. Um, <laughs> well, that's good. But like, right, right. That's striving, right? Like, there yeah. we go. Like I'm, I'm depressed, but you know, head for like head down. We're just going to keep trucking through. Um, but you know, it, it wasn't working. And, um, I got this group on for a yoga studio and it was at this point in my life when like, you know, I don't know if you've experienced this, but like in your late twenties when like half your friends are getting married and like your social structure changes a little bit, what you do day to day. And, um, 
so on top of that, I'm depressed, and then I have no, I have right. no friends anymore, or I do, but you know, it just it wasn't. Oh, I get it. It's a totally different and, dynamic. Um, yeah, yeah. So um, I had all this time on my hands to be sad and depressed. Um, so I started going to this yoga studio on a group one, and I I just kind of started going not every day, but almost every day. Um, and then all of a sudden, I noticed I started feeling better, right? Nice. Like the, the, but I wasn't looking for it, right? Like I didn't have this goal in mind of I need to get better. And um, I know you touched upon it on the intro, but, you know, I am an MST survivor. And, like, that's, I think, where a lot of the anger came from, you know, of not being able to trust people, not feeling secure in my body, feeling like this need to always control the situation. Um, and just taking that time to practice every day, it really allowed me to tune in and get quiet um, and even just acknowledge that feelings were there, right? Like acknowledging that I was upset and um, just allowing space for that. Um, so it was really kind of by accident, right? Like I didn't have this goal or this intention of, of healing myself it just the work kind of did it just did it it started doing the work without me trying to do it I just had to show up um so that's how I really started feeling the benefits of yoga outside of just stretching my body um and then so I continued practicing and then I I did my yoga teacher training it was mindful yoga academy at the time uh, but now it's mindful Academy International, and it was through Kathy Ward. Um, she was also in the military, but she was from the UK, so you know, different countries there. Mm-hmm. But that's where I really learned about the mindfulness aspect, and um, even with the mindfulness, how that changed my yoga practice, how to tune into my body, and like, should I practice really strong today, or should I slow down and do more of a restorative style? Um, and then just in into the the actual formal practice of meditation. Um, so that's re- that's where my journey with mindfulness started to show up more. Um, and then, you know, I just kept going, right? Like I kept, I kept doing my studies. I eventually quit my job in finance, um, and opened a yoga studio and, um, all thanks those to have Groupon. been now, but all thanks to Groupon. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's funny. I did. And we just recently did an event with Groupon for, um, I'm in bunker labs and, um, oh, yeah, yeah, I, that would be. I could have done that as a shout out to Groupon, I guess. <laughs> Groupon changed my life. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt your flow there, but it's just wow. I just can't believe sometimes the the universe really knows what it's doing when it gives us a little nudge in in a certain direction, and and Groupon was definitely that nudge for you. So I'm, I'm glad that it's taken that path. So. Sorry to interrupt. Um, um, if you need to get back on track, we can pause and come back. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. All right. Um, yeah, but so I just kept, and, you know, as I practiced with the mindfulness practice, I just noticed, I, one, it just allowed me that space to notice what was happening, right? Like noticing what was happening in the moment. And then also just teaching myself, like, not to always judge my, my experience, like just allowing things to be there and, and not trying to force it to be anything else. And also just realizing that, you know, some shitty stuff happened to me and even though it it wasn't my fault. Like I, you know, I have a responsibility to myself and to others around me to, to take care of myself and, and work on it. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. And, um, and I've said this in the past on, on a couple episodes and I'll continue to say it. You can't take care of others if you're not taking care of yourself first. Um, you have to make self-care a priority and that's not just physical and it's not just eating right, but it's a little bit of everything, taking care of yourself physically, taking care of how you're eating, taking care of your mental health. And uh, I think you're, you're doing a great job. You're, I mean, the, the way that I even found Melissa was I saw uh, an article where there was a picture of some veterans doing yoga and it mentioned that Melissa was leading veterans through mindful yoga. So I reached out just to find out more. And she's doing this at, at a program called Road Home, which does a lot of the same things we do at, at Veterans Path. But um, in discussion, in discussing this back and forth with Melissa, there's there's not a competition, but it seems like Road Home is more yoga based, and uh, Veterans Path were more the mindfulness side. And, and uh, from what I understand, Road Home actually has recommended people. If they want more, if they want to know more about the mindfulness and the meditation side, they've told us, or sorry, they've told those vets about Veterans Path. Can you tell us how, one, can you tell us more about Road Home, and then two, how you got involved with Road Home? Yeah, yeah, and just for a quick clarification, um, Road Home, I would say, is more based on therapy. Okay. Um, Yeah, and they have great clinicians there. Um, that really care about vets. And then we do have yoga and mindfulness, but it's just, it's just one of the components and they have group therapy providers. They have individual therapy. So it's a really great program and they have the intensive outpatient program. And if you're, and you can come from anywhere in the U S and they, you know, they cover all your expenses, but they also have, if you're local to Chicago um, programs as well. But yeah, I, you know, for us, because we just kind of touch on it with as a part of the whole program, if someone is really attracted to yoga or mindfulness, like we encourage them to, to either go out into their local community or look up organizations where they might just focus on the yoga, just the mindfulness. Um, so did that yeah, the, yeah, I think so, I yeah, yeah, so how did how did you get involved with Road Home specifically? Yeah, so, you know, it's funny, for a while, um, I actually avoided anything with the military and vets for, for a while, because oh, I sure. did have a lot of it. Yeah, I yeah. just had a lot of anger, um, you know, even if it wasn't, even if it wasn't, like, my own story or something similar, I'd get upset, you know, hearing other vets and their stories, like, it was just too much for me to be around sometimes, because that empathy that you feel for people, it's, you know, it's again, going back to taking care of yourself, just knowing how much you can handle and, and what you can't. Um, so yeah, I finally got to this point where I felt like I could handle things more. I can be around things and, and not get upset. I got my MBSR certification. Um, yeah, and I just reached out to them. I wanted to um, see if I can get more involved with a community um, where, well, a few things, like where people may be skeptical Um and also just learning from someone or being exposed to mindfulness um, from somebody who might have a similar experience, right? Because I, I think sometimes when we are around civilians and some of the stories that, that we have or experiences that we have, it just feels a little bit strange sometimes bringing them up around people who might not understand. 
Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, it, it's it is a different culture. We have different lingos, different languages, basically, and and then obviously different backgrounds and what we've experienced, what we've seen, what we've done, what's what we've been through. Um, so, um, as far as road home, um, is there a specific age group that you're dealing with, or is it all veterans? Uh, I mean, from you know World War II up until current, or what's the what's the age um, kind of group that you're working with there? Yeah, so any age, um, and it's for PTSD or MST, and um, they just need to contact Road Home, and they go through an intake process to make sure that, you know, it's it's an appropriate program for them, and and just go from there. Nice. And then um, once the vets come to you and you start, you know, it, it, this is part of their therapy, and do they know that yoga and mindfulness are going to be part of their therapy as they're coming in? Yeah. I, yeah. It's, it's, it's incorporated into the curriculum. Okay. Um, and then we do try to make the distinction though, that um, we're a skill set course and not, not a therapy. And just to make sure that we make that really clear with them Got just it. so that way, you know, I, I myself am not a clinician and we wouldn't want to blur those lines. Sure. Um, so, so yeah, they they know that it's there, and you know some people may be totally on board. Other people may be a little skeptical, and that's fine too. You know, they they could still show up and support the other vets in the room if it's something they're still a little uneasy about or not sure about. Yeah, that was my my next question is is how how do you go about introducing it to the vets who may be skeptical about it, and do you ever get vets who are skeptical skeptical coming in, and then after they experience what you're teaching come come to you and say, you know what, I w- I'm totally turned around. I'm a believer now. Yeah, yeah. So we have we have some that, you know, they may come in skeptical and are totally on board later. We have others that are maybe skeptical and find that it's not for them and that's still okay. Sure. And then we have some that are maybe skeptical, still a little skeptical when they leave, but like maybe willing to, to be a little bit more open to it. Um. And then, I'm sorry, what was the second part of the question? No, I think I think that was it. I mean, basically, I just wanted to know if, if there were people coming in uh, skeptical and were and did they ever walk out saying, okay, yeah, I'm a believer now, which I think you answered there. So um, as far as your personal daily practice or, or, or regular practice, I don't know whether it's daily or however often, what does that look like? Yeah, so I would say my practice is anywhere between four to six days out of the week, just depending on the week. And, and this is in terms of um, what we call formal practice when I'm making that time to actually do something specific. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it ranges. It could be 10 minutes a day. It could be 45 minutes a day. I usually stick somewhere, stay somewhere within there because most of my practice is at home now and you know, for me as an instructor, it is important that I keep practicing and, 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 you know, increase those times that I practice. Um, but what we tell people too is, you know, it's a challenge and it's just something that I have to, you always have to keep working on is finding that time for those formal practices. And then ideally we try to move into informal practice where you're doing moments of mindfulness throughout the day, whether it's mindful communication, mindful eating. For me in Chicago, it's mindful driving. Um, <laughs> Yep. So just trying to create that space to really be present to what's what's happening right now. 
for someone who uh, may be listening and hasn't, you know, dabbled in these spaces before, how, how would you recommend someone get started in either yoga or mindfulness and meditation practices? Yeah, so, um, you know, I think the first step is, well, I shouldn't say it's the first step. You know, you can always start anywhere, right? Especially if finances are a problem. They have stuff online, right? Mm-hmm. Um but whether it's online or whether you go somewhere in person, I would say keep trying until you find an instructor that resonates with you or find a community that resonates with you because just, you know, we're all people. We all come from different backgrounds or whatever. And so if something doesn't, if you go to a yoga class or see something on YouTube and it doesn't work for you, try something, you know, try somebody else, try, mm-hmm. try a different place, try a different YouTube channel. Um, and just, you know, keep trying until you find something that works for you. Um, and that's specifically for yoga. For mindfulness, kind of same things. There's, you know, I, I, I think sometimes with mindfulness, it's, it's such a big topic. And especially with meditation, there's all sorts of, again, different backgrounds. So finding something that, that works well for you. I personally find um, MBSR programs are a great place to start for beginners. Um but even someone with that background or training um, can help present it in a way that's that's really geared towards people um, who may be a little skeptical. So for our listeners uh, who may not be familiar with MBSR, it's Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction, and that's uh, John Kabat-Zinn uh, kind of is the father of MBSR, I guess, uh, for lack of a better term right now, um, here in the States. Your MBSR training was that done at UMass or um, or was that online? How did how did you get that? Yeah, so um, I did mine through Mindful Academy International, okay. and they're actually based in Spain, but they follow the UMass curriculum. Um, and you know, we we still learned the, the eight weeks in the way that it's it's supposed to be presented. Right. Um, for me, I wanted to go there. Um, because, like I said, my my instructors, um, she's a vet, um, and just the way you know we communicate, like again, finding that teacher that 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 feels right for you. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a vet. I did my two hundred hour training through her, and I, I felt like a, a connection to the way that things were being taught. Nice. So. We talked about um, how you recommend somebody starting. We talked about uh, the difference in, well, not the difference, but the different modalities with yoga and mindfulness meditation and kind of how you set very intentional times for your practices. Um, and then you've also got the mindful side throughout the day, mindful eating, mindful driving, mindful working. What do you think is the toughest thing about uh, somebody getting started or practicing in general? Uh, I, well, a couple things. One is making the time, right? I think a lot of people just setting that time up for whatever reason, whether it's work or family or whatever, just creating that time for self-care could be really foreign to them. Um, and I think the other thing too, and Jenna, I think we talked a little bit about this over the phone before, like, it's not really like a goal, like you can't just check like you put it in your calendar but you can't really just check it off the list and like <laughs> I did it 
I'm done. Right. I should feel better now, you know, and, <laughs> um, you know, and, and that, that mentality, it's, you know, it's so incorporated into life. I think most of our, our, our day to day lives, but it's really something where it's like, you just have to show up and show up for a while. Right. And, and I, the reason that really speaks to me is because like, for me, I, like I said, I was practicing on and off for 10 years. Right. And, you know, it was fine. I was getting something out of it, but like, I really didn't get it until I just showed up and with no goal in mind. And I just showed up on a regular basis. And, and then, it, you know, things just kind of started falling, falling together. Right. Um, kind of get that cumulative right way, effect. But yeah. Yeah. That cumulative effect. And just like, and just being okay that like, hey, I'm trying this and, you know, if it doesn't work today, maybe it'll work tomorrow, maybe it won't. But, um, you know, which I think that can be a challenge or barrier to get over. And, you know, the the logical side of me is like, well, you know, maybe you don't get something on the day that you want it or when you specific, specifically need it. But like, you're not, you're not going to get anything bad from stretching and taking a few times a little bit of time for yourself, you know? Sure. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> you know, the, uh, putting in your calendar and checking it off. I'm a, I'm very task oriented and I, <laughs> I've got task lists all over this place. I've got task lists that actually say, write another task list at the bottom of my task list. I have create tomorrow's task list. Um, but this is one of those things that you can't just put on your calendar. Like, like Melissa said, it, it, you can put it on there, but then that doesn't mean that when you're done, you're going to feel infinitely better. You, I mean, sure, you're going to f- probably feel more relaxed. You're going to be more focused. But to really get the effect, it's something that takes time. It's just like going to the gym. And I've said this uh, on numerous episodes, and again, I'll continue to say it. The The reason I got into it was uh, I went, I saw a psych. He recommended it. I kind of looked at him funny. He eventually convinced me to try it. I went through two or three weeks of it, went back to him and was like, Hey, this, this is not working for me. Uh, you know, I feel relaxed and everything, but it's not doing what I needed to do. And he said, well, give it more time. He kind of laughed at me. And he's like, it's just like going to the gym. You can't go to the gym for two weeks and expect yourself to be a, a Superman after that, that period of time, you need to give it more time. So I gave myself a couple of months doing it regularly, almost every day, working myself up from five to 15 to 30 minutes. And this is just the mindfulness side, not not even including the yoga, which that that's an, another whole side, you know, throwing the physical benefits on top of the the physiological benefits tied together with mindfulness. But this is just specifically mindfulness and meditation. And after that two weeks or sorry, two months or so, that's when I really started to see it. And that's that cumulative effect that we we talked about. You know, you can't have that instant gratification like you meditate once a week and you think you're going to be great. Just like you were going to yoga for 10 years or so, uh, but not regularly. And then once you started showing up regularly, that's when you really started seeing the effects. And, and you weren't even going necessarily with the goal in mind of dealing with some of the, the anger, anxiety, uh, depression that you had felt. You were just doing it. Well, basically, you were doing it because you had a group on and you, you started going. Yeah, I had nothing regularly. else going on, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And, yeah, and all your friends were now married and, you know, running around <laughs> with their, their kids or whatever. Yeah, that, uh, so yeah, you, I mean, like I said, the, the universe speaks to us in, in funny ways, but sorry, I'm, I'm, uh, rambling now, but bottom line is, uh, for, for me, the toughest part about practicing was 
making that time and then doing it regularly, which is exactly what you said. So uh, coming to the end of our show here, Melissa, what's the one thing or several things, whatever, that we haven't discussed that you would like our audience to know about? Yeah, I and, you know, this is something that I know I struggled with. Um, and even just sometimes through the teaching process, it could be a, a challenge, you know, for quite a few people is, just noticing how we're taking care of ourselves and maybe the judgment that we place on ourselves or the expectations we've placed on ourselves from the experience of being in the military. Um, you know, I, I know for me, and we talked a, a little bit about this at the beginning of the practices or of the, the practice, the phone call. Um, you know, we all kind of think like, I, sh- I should be okay or, you know, I should be healing in this certain way. I, I should... I should something, right? I should. Should. That's I should a tough have word. basically have an experience. Yeah, I should have some sort of experience or I should be a certain way than, than what's not, what's here right now. And I think the part that was so hard for me and to grasp through mindfulness is how that self-judgment and those expectations that we set for ourselves are so high. Um, and just learning how to work with that and like really be kind and easy to ourselves, right? So just noticing when that comes up and, and seeing if we can take care of ourselves, seeing if we can be a little bit kinder to ourselves, um, the same way we would to, to a loved one, right? Someone really dear to us. And can right. we offer that sort of compassion towards ourselves for whatever experience that we've been in? Yeah, I like to call that self-empathy. I mean, understanding what's going on and then appreciating why you feel the way that you feel because of what's going on. Um, but looking at it from your – almost as though you're looking at it from outside of your own body or mind. So, yeah, that's that's great. Um, I, I love that you are doing what you're doing um, with, with veterans. I love that what you're doing what you're doing for yourself to take care of yourself. Um if if our listeners wanted to reach out to you, Melissa, what's the best way for them to uh, get a hold of you? Yeah, so uh, they can go to my website, igniteyourbliss.com. Igniteyourbliss.com. Um, yeah. Make sure I put that in the uh, in the show notes, igniteyourbliss.com. All right. And I believe that so, and there's a caveat on there, there's somebody with a podcast this year who has a completely different business. But it's called that same thing? Uh, it's called that same thing for um, <laughs> for something, I, sec- I, I for something sexual. For something, and, <laughs> okay. and that's, not, that's not me. All right. Listeners, make uh, sure you note so. that. <laughs> Good to know. All right. I will make sure yeah, that I, I put a through. link to uh to your website and not the podcast with the same name um in in our podcast notes well melissa this has been awesome uh thanks so much for coming on the show thanks for making some time i I think uh what you're doing like i mentioned before with the vets and for yourself i think it's great and the fact that you are able to share your message is even more important to to me in any way um i think that it is helping to break down that stigma as you share that message more and more so thank you very much for, for being here with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. For our listeners, thanks for listening to our show. Please check out Veterans Path online at veteranspath.org. We are on social media. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Pinterest, Twitter, and YouTube. And if you're enjoying the podcast, 
ask that you could please subscribe, rate, review, and share. And remember, listeners can directly support Veterans Path by clicking on the support button on the podcast or by visiting veteranspath.org forward slash donate. Thank you all and have a blessed day. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Veterans Path Podcast. Please follow us on social media and think about sharing your story with us there and potentially on the show. Together, we can make mental health a priority, improving and saving lives.